Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis for a second time, folks. Oh dear. We've already done all this, uh, but Luke didn't press the record button. Yep. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, for the second time in doing this because you're right, this is take two. It just gets better. I just forgot to press the record button, but I'm afraid to say, folks, it was probably the best outro we've ever done. Ah, it's like the Tenacious D song. This will just be a tribute. Yeah, it will be. I'm because creatively spent now. We had such good chat about posh uh, joggers. Yeah. Not as in like jogging bottoms, not like posh joggers as in the, the jogging term that we use uh, here on this show. Um, we talked about our dream, our sort of fancy scenarios. Maybe we'll pick that ah, up again. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go into the main show and we can discuss that in the hour. So let's hear Ollie wank over financials uh, oh. for the first half hour of this show. And then we're going to talk about... Financials <laughs> intensify space. <laughs> we're going to talk about the AEW NXT ratings, uh, Rusev having uh, no creative, and the Vince Russo, Vince Russo, the... <laughs> He'll get involved. <laughs> the Jim Cornette, Dave Meltzer, Twitter spat, and your mailbag questions. Here is the show. Oh my! Q4 reports. 2019 full financial reports. Investors call, oh my. There was a lot of, um, in the office yesterday when Ollie was going through the financials, the business, business, business of WWE. Ah, it's so interesting. (laughs) So, last Thursday, context, last Thursday, WWE suddenly announced that the second and third most powerful people in the whole company were gone. No explanation apart from the very vague creative differences. Yeah. Vince McMahon was there. The stock tanked. It dropped over 20%, wiping out a billion dollars of WWE market value. 
the names George Barrios and Michelle Wilson aren't that well known. It's not like Eric Bischoff, Paul Heyman, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, even Kevin Dunn. But they are all creative. At the end of the day, they're on the front end of the wrestling product. We're talking about the business corporate side of WWE. Vince is at the top. Then it was George and Michelle. And now they're just gone. So that was very in interesting because the week after was this investors call. It happened yesterday where WWE, as a publicly traded organization, have to release their financial reports. And not only was it for Q4, so the, what's that, October to December period last year, but the whole year. Yes. Because 2019 is over. January, you can get the accounts together. Here's how we did investors. Do that big <coughs> tax return. And do you know what? They did pretty damn well. Oh, yeah. They were up um, by about $30 million for overall revenue. They were they had their most profitable quarter ever. Yeah. So Q4, that October to December period last year, was the most money WWE has ever made in a three-month period. Which is certainly helped by um, Crown Jewel because those Saudi shows are bringing in a heck of a lot of cash. So much cash, so much cash from the Saudi Arabia deal when they eventually pay. <laughs> and the Fox rights fees. Yes. NXT stuff on USA, don't really know. But the, the USA deal cannot be underestimated in this trifecta. No. Those are all up. That's what drove these uh, profits because everything else was massively down. Live events were down hugely year on year. That means merchandise sales were down because a lot of that merchandise is shifted at the live events. Uh, the, the wrestlers are apparently not very happy about those two things. I've been saying it for a while. I think that's a smart business move. The, the wrestling business isn't a house show business anymore. No, and they were doing too many house shows. Like when, you know, Seth was doing that interview about um, John Moxley leaving. And he was like, no one, not everyone can handle the rigorous WWE schedule. And everyone looked at that schedule and was like, no one should have <laughs> to like, go through the schedule. You're where you're working like 500 dates a year. Like it's, it's stupid. And all the travel that's involved therein. Yeah. It's, it, they're not making money, so smart move there. And it helps protect the wrestlers at the end of the day. The wrestlers shouldn't miss out financially. Yeah. I think they should still be paid the same amount. But... Their it's going to be easier on their bodies. So that's a big win. It's also a smart business move in that because house shows <laughs> historically have been down, they've just done less of them to be like, well, house shows are down, but they were going to be down. Mm. We've done less of them. Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, count out WWE cooking the books, as it were, <laughs> yeah. by doing a few strategic things ahead of this. Can't make more money yeah. if there's less of them. <laughs> um, so you've got those. Uh, Mixed Match Challenge wasn't renewed on Facebook because it did terribly for them. Because no one watched it. That was another big downtrend in the revenue for WWE. But the biggest thing, and you're gonna get a big old serving of Ollie told you so. I'm laying on me, brother, laying on me. Just six weeks after Luke and I did our 2020 predictions, wild 2020 predictions, yep. one of my three was that WWE would sell WWE Network content, possibly even the whole package, yep. to an external streaming service like a Disney, like a Amazon, like an Apple, or you know 
the legacy TV channels, NBCU, that are trying to move into that space as well. Yeah. And I thought I couldn't see it happening because I always figured that the network was like this Vince baby. It was this project that he was so protective of and it was like, we're going to make this thing work. But you quite rightly pointed out to us yesterday when we were talking about this in the office, Vince gets bored, Vince changes his mind. Fickle. Yeah, For a man who changes his mind so much, he's also very set in his ways. <laughs> it's, it's a remarkable tandem. But the reports are that Barrios and Wilson were, were kind of more into the network idea. They wanted to make it profitable. <gasps> what? I what, know. A what a crazy concept. Meltzer said this before these reports came out, the, the, the earnings reports. They said that Michelle Wilson and George Barrios wanted WWE to be a profitable company. Well, that was their aim. And that was the creative <laughs> difference that these two parties had. And one of the big things was you keep giving loads of money to people we're not using so they can't go somewhere else. Yeah. And Vince is like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, but that, what's your problem, pal? And this is the, the weird, crazy, carny world of wrestling combining with the business world of business. Mm. Because George Barrios and Michelle Wilson are this business, business, business people who are like, well, this, these numbers don't make sense. But Vince in this carny wrestling business like, yeah, but we got them. And the competition don't. So that's a good thing. And you've got to trace it back to the psyche and the storyline of Vince McMahon as a person. One of the most emotionally devastating things he's ever been through, probably in the top five most stressful periods of his life, was the Monday Night Wars with WCW, which was partially fueled by him not keeping talent. Yeah, because he, he forms a relationship with these, this, this talent. He doesn't want to see them go. <laughs> it's amazing how many wrestlers have done interviews where, like, particularly top stars, who have talked about Vince McMahon as a father figure to them. Angle, Brett, Sean, mm. Triple H, they've all talked about Vince being this father-like figure. So when people like Angle go and Brett goes and Sean was having his troubles, it does probably hurt Vince emotionally. So And, and WCW beat him yeah. for, for a good two years there. Yeah. Uh, and, and WWE was on the rocks. So that's all, that's all a, a, a long way round of saying this network story. Sorry, back to you saying yeah, that you yeah, were sorry, right. I got yeah. distracted. There's so much to dive into in the report. So the report says that the, this is WWE's own statement, that WWE are now going to explore strategic partners or strategic alternatives for the WWE network content. Yeah. And that is, to me, a fancy way of saying Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah. Do you want the pay-per-views? And that is a, because when the network launched, one of the big things that people said at the time was, this is going to be a massive money loss. Because previously, <coughs> WrestleMania was being sold for 70 bucks, you know, each. Like every pay-per-view buy you were doing. So WrestleMania was going to cost you $70. And you go back to like the uh, Roxena, which did, you know, 1.2 million buys. It's 1.2 million people paying 70 bucks to buy this pay-per-view. You know, if you're going to just sort of like make it in its simplest term possible. And now you get it for either $10 or free yeah. because you can sign up for free. So they are making way, way less on WrestleManias than they were doing just five years ago. There was always an argument, huh, what if WWE never made the transition to the network? And they totaled up like, well, you've got these subscribers. And that there, was a, there was a way to balance out all the different um, sort of th things that could go one way or the other. Mm. 
And yes, it was found that if WWE stuck with pay-per-view, they would have made more money. Yeah, which it just makes sense. But I, like, I've always thought the network itself was so undervalued. Mm. I would pay 10 quid a month just for that library. And I, I don't think they will set, like when we're talking about WWE selling com network content to other streaming services, it's not gonna be their archive. It might be series like the Monday Night War, their documentaries, stuff like that. Because they're very good. They're, they're excellent. The, did you see the trailer for the Ruthless Aggression series? I have not, series? No. Oh, I cannot wait for it. Yeah? Uh, it, go, goes like, it seems like it's gonna go deep into Triple H saying to Randy, I told you, you could, the biggest person standing in your way for being the best wrestler of all time is Ooh, you. Oh, that is interesting. Ah, yeah, it looks really, really yeah. good. So like those sorts of stuff, that's what they sell. Um, I don't think there's any appetite for stuff like Ride Along or chats with JBL no. outside of the WWE the Network. Their jackass show that is, exactly. Swerved, whatever it was. And there was never any really appetite for that on the network. It was it was misjudged, it was bad bad idea. But the pay-per-views, so NXT, the interesting thing is NXT isn't really a sell on the network anymore. Not anymore. It's been used as a tool against AEW. So the report said the subscribers are down to 1.41 million, which is the lowest they've been in a year and a half, two years. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. So you see that. You see them saying the strategic thing. You see them saying NXT is now on TV, which was really the only other, pay-per-views and NXT. Yeah. 205 Live, maybe. No, I didn't even know it was still on. Exactly. So 205 Live is a non-entity. NXT is available for everyone now. And NXT and NXT UK are on, they're on TV now. Mm. NXT's on TV in the States and in the UK. Yeah. And NXT UK is on, now in the UK. It's on not only BT Sport, but it's on Paramount as well. Uh, for everyone thinking, <coughs> excuse me, are you saying Raw and SmackDown are gonna go to these services? Nuh uh. No. Because that's not actually network content. They go up 30 days after they've aired. The interest in that is there, but it is minuscule. Yeah. People watching Raw 30 days after it's happened on the network, I imagine, is just in other countries. We had one person on our Discord, I remember, who just watched all of their wrestling content via the network. So they were just living in this world that was 30 days behind everyone else who were then asking for us to do less spoilery titles because we were spoiling stuff for them that was gonna happen 30 days in the future for them. You see what we're up against, folks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's this, there's a rumor going around that was sort of surfaced on cage side seats that one of these things might be putting WrestleMania 36 on Fox. So, it, uh, so I haven't fully dived into all of this. Is that on Fox TV or is that on some subscription Fox service? I don't know, yeah. Or is it like a pay-per-view service? It's very like, vague like, at the like moment. Like ITV box office. Yeah, it's very vague at the moment, okay. we don't know. But, God, the, the idea of giving away your biggest money earner on free TV is I mean, such a huge gamble. You technically do now, though, because it's open to free subscribers. Yeah. So you are, you're already giving it away free. So put it on Fox, and you might have way more people watching it on you Fox will. than you you're going to have on the WWE Network. So you're right that it is a bold strategic move, but I think it's a strategic move that is probably worth taking. Yeah, because on the network, you'll have, well, looking at those numbers, one, you know, not all one and a half million people are going to watch Mania. So a million people, let's say. And that's that's the higher end of sort of buys that you would get a WrestleMania audience. Put that on TV, I think you'd get five million. 
Oh, I don't think you get that. WrestleMania? Like, yeah, but like, you know, your average, what, Raw on is. Fox. Yeah, but look at SmackDown on Fox. We I'm, thought the ratings were going to be through the roof for that, and it's like exactly where it was in the USA Network. That's the other interesting thing. If And this is very much a rumor side. Uh, if WrestleMania does go on Fox, is that a kind of, well, we are sorry that SmackDown didn't perform better yeah. for you. We're sorry Brock Lesnar isn't on there, or Ronda Rousey. Or Cain Velasquez. Or Cain Velasquez. Or dog food. You know, we <laughs> so, said sports focused uh, product. Sorry, we've done the exact same show <coughs> for the last six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's very, very interesting what's going on. Um, and it, there's another story that kind of ties into this. On Thursday, before these reports came out, uh, PW Insider said that MLW was in talks with, I believe, Amazon Prime. Ooh, interesting. That, to me, is it's the same story. Yeah. So you've got what's called the streaming wars. This is kind of what I based my 2020 predictions on six weeks ago, where you've got all these companies that are now entering the next age of TV, really. This yeah. is, we've had a, about a decade of flux where it's that kind of transitionary period where you've got cars on the road, but you've also got horses. And that's been this mixture of streaming and traditional TV. They've been working it out. I think we're about there now where you do watch live TV as normal, but you can also just press a button on your remote control I've yeah. got an on-demand service. I very rarely will watch things live on TV. I mean, I think there's probably about three shows that I would watch on TV anyway. Mm. But I would, I very rarely would watch those live. I would just wait until they're available on demand for me to watch. I have appointment viewings every week mm -hmm. that I watch live. Um, and I think that will always ba be Babe there. Station doesn't have a streaming service yet. Hey, man, I've got to get those FTGs in. <laughs> uh, but the live sports, live events, the Oscars, for instance, this, uh, this Sunday, the Super Bowl last weekend, they'll always do really well because they are appointment viewing. That's yeah. why WWE was kind of this clamoured for thing. And you, you see Amazon moving into tennis and the Premier League over here over December. These big companies want new stuff. Disney is set yeah. because Disney has a century of content. <laughs> like, yeah, that, completely. Like, no, we're, we're now in a content game, and Disney has won that 10 years ago before this even started. Yeah, and Amazon, companies like Amazon and Apple and Netflix aren't paying taxes. They've just got money <laughs> left over to buy up other stuff. But the, what Amazon and Apple have in distribution, you know, Apple has is a large part of the, the hardware. So mm -hmm. it's just sort of inbuilt in that. That's a huge advantage. That's why Apple Podcasts are still far and away far in advance of Spotify yeah. because you have to install Spotify. Whereas oh, I've just got Apple Podcasts on my phone. I'll start off with that. It's also the best podcast app. Yeah, like like just user friendly wise, mm. I think it's just the nicest one. But they Apple don't have content. Amazon don't have content. They've bought other people's content and they're trying to get stuff up. Netflix does have content. They've been they've been investing in their own. I guess Amazon Prime does. Uh, the and Apple, Apple only recently started, like in the yeah, last. But, year, but it is like basic. It's content. bad. Like you know, the, their big launch thing. They, they did content wrong. <laughs> <laughs> their big launch thing, which was the the morning show. The good, yeah, the, the morning. Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. Good, good cast, like. Good cast. Expensive cast. Yeah. Just very inefficient use of resources because <laughs> yeah. they don't sit. That's why I think they've hired the HBO, the former HBO boss, mm -hmm. to get him in. Very wise move. Should have done that three years ago. But the. These big companies are now like, uh, 
we need stuff to bring people to our streaming service beyond just, hey, we've got The Office, Yeah, you know? And I think WWE is one of the most attractive propositions, attractive pieces of IP that are still on the market, really. And I think going in that route is a very, very smart move. Um, and I'm, I'm basing this on very small amounts of data, but I remember when we did our stream for, it wasn't full gear, it was all out. And we had quite a few people saying, this, this strategy that AEW have got isn't going to work. No one's going to pay $50 every quarter to watch a big show. And I thought, I remember thinking at the time, that was a mind-boggling statement to say mm -hmm. because just six years ago, people were paying $50 every month, and sometimes twice a month, yeah. to watch WWE pay-per-views, whereas AEW are doing four a year. But we, the WWE Network has conditioned wrestling fans to believe that you pay $10 a month and you get so much content. Mm. So paying $50 a month, or $50 a quarter, is extortionate amounts of money. It's the modern day version of Vince McMahon going into the territory TV offices with a load of cash and saying, I'll pay you to play my show. Yeah. It's, it's undercutting and undermining the competition. And because you've got more resources, you win out in the end. Yeah. It's, and that's been WWE's way forever. Like, look at all their legal battles. We've got more money than yeah. you. And you know, they're still the number one game in, in town. So, very interesting stuff. I, of course, love it. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're bored to tears by this. <laughs> uh, I, I find the streaming wars just fascinating in general. And it's very rare that real business stuff crosses over with wrestling. So this is like my Venn diagram portal. It's opened up and I'm trying to have sex with that gap. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. Um, my little business email that I get daily that I read, it's a newsletter thing, had reported on the WWE firings last week. Really? I was just like, this is, what's happening? My two worlds are colliding. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, yeah. All right, should we do some ratings? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh man, my wife gave me a really good, oh, um, for the ratings jingle. We do it as um, uh, Aretha Franklin's respect. So you do R-E-A-T-I-N-G. Find out what it means to business. Okay. R-A... Oh, I can't spell ratings. <laughs> R-A-T-I-N-G. Is that right? I, I always think she's spelling respect ratting. wrong the way she said it. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Anyway, yeah, that thing. so anyway, we're going to go through the ratings for AEW and NXT. Um, it was going to be a very interesting <laughs> week for both companies because AEW had their big 10 lashings mm -hmm. angle. NXT were firing back by having Charlotte Flair uh, appear on TV. And you also had the, uh, the Trump, um, what's the word, impeachments mm. hearings and things like that. So there was going to be a big, there was a worry that there was going to be a big hit on wrestling. Turns out there wasn't. In anything, both shows were up. In the case of AEW, massively, yeah. 928,000 viewers. That's up 25% from last week. That's a quarter of the audience returning. I'm so glad about that because uh, they had four weeks of 900,000 range uh, yeah. of ratings and then two weeks of 800s, yeah. which st was started by the boat stuff. And yes. then followed over the, pre the, the following week. Um, I don't know what. It, I mean, the lashings must have been a draw. I think right? it was the lashings, to be honest. And and the way they promoted the next few weeks of shows, cage match, all these title Iron matches, Man match. Iron Man match, then a pay per view. I, I've got to hope it's going to build. Yeah. 
but it must have been a bit of a disappointing week for NXT. While it was up 8% from last week, it did 770,000 viewers, which is significantly down when you compare that against what the competition was doing, made even worse by the mm. fact that you promoted Charlotte Flair, one of your top stars in the company, is gonna be on the show. And you know, you look at the success that had at Survivor Series when you had top stars appearing there and the ratings just started to go up and up and up. This must have been a bit of a, a, a kick in the balls. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I thought, I actually thought NXT might win this week based on AEW's steadily dropping yep. numbers over the last couple of weeks and NXT kind of growing plus Charlotte plus Portland yeah you know is in is in two two episodes time technically from this uh, or one episode yeah I'm I'm surprised I mean that of course the best thing is over one and a half million people are watching fantastic wrestling on Wednesday nights. Absolutely, and like the impeachment hearings didn't damage them in, uh, really because um, like they were up in the demos. Both uh, shows were up in the well, uh, NXT was the same demo they had last week in the eighteen to forty nine, the important one, which was a zero point two two. But AEW was up to um, uh, a point three six, which is up six percent from last yeah. week. So young people were tuning into wrestling, which is you know it's always good. When we talk about the streaming wars stuff earlier, though. Uh, AEW is on Bleach Report Live. Yeah. And and the fight uh, the fight, fight app, TV. Yeah. So the, there is stuff there. I, I feel like stuff will start to get consolidated. I, I TNT, I don't know if they've got a streaming service. I if, think they oh unless they've just got bleachers. Yeah, because they own Bleach. Or yeah. Warner owns yeah. uh, so if Warner Brothers finally get their arse in gear and give me a proper DC streaming service. What are you gonna watch? Well, I'm going to read the comics. <laughs> oh, I see. But it's gonna, not available in the UK. If it's not the animated series, like, what are you watching? Yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> Batman 66? <laughs> well, Come on. actually, well, no, uh, that's owned you're by be, Fox. You're being mean. That's owned by Fox. What about uh, Batman Trilogy, Nolan? What yeah. about Batman, Batman Returns? Well, Batman Forever, you know, so Of course, the best one. The best one, I Batman Forever. It's a, a given. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Superman the Motion Picture, which is like arguably the best comic book movie ever made. Yeah, well, yeah. I disagree. I think it's dated. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to do your favourite story of the week? I will. Let me get it up. Oh, you should have given me time. You put it all the way at the bottom. I didn't put it all the way at the bottom. You put it after the mailbag because you didn't look to see where I'd updated things. Uh, right. So, this is the best feud of the week. <laughs> This feud is so stupid. Um, so, Jim Cornette <laughs> versus Dave Meltzer. This is this is a frankly embarrassing Twitter exchange. So, Dave Meltzer tweeted about just sort of how people used to talk about Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, The Rock and Roll Express in the eighties. Being like, oh, they're doing high spots. They're That's spot not monkeys. wrestling. Where's the psychology? Yeah, you know, because they're, they're basing that off of seventies, sixties stuff. Uh, but they're now revered to be like, you know, some of the greatest of all time. <coughs> exactly. And Dave Meltzer pointed that out. Said, "That's a that's a, a silly mindset to say that Osprey Bucks aren't good wrestlers because look, they said this." I think there's a famous Aristotle quote where it's like. The kids these days, it's essentially in Latin, no, yeah. not Latin, but in Greek, the kids these days are the worst. <laughs> like, oh, if Aristotle was saying it, or Plato, whoever it was, yeah. this is probably a generational thing that just reoccurs yeah. all the time. And this also came off the back of someone asking him, like they gave him a, a series of trilogy matches and said, which is your favorite of these trilogy matches? And they, and they had Flair Steamboat. And he said, 
Akada Omega. Mm. It's, it's my favorite series of matches I've ever seen. Bear in mind, this is just one man's opinion. Yeah. Someone asked for another person's opinion, and that a person gave their opinion. Well, Jim Cornette's got an opinion. Yes, Jim Cornette has got a very different opinion. So he replied, Dave, you're effing senile. It's not too many spots. It's blatant phony silliness and mocking of the business right out in the open. And you know that, but you can't get off Olivia's jock and just admit it. I don't know who Olivia is. Uh, for F's sake, act your age, not like a Japanese schoolgirl. Hashtag Rio. <laughs> <laughs> so he's up to date with the product. Well, well that's because Jim Cornette watches, he hates watches AEW every week for his podcast. <laughs> so, for, I mean, I don't listen to his podcast, but mm. from what I've gathered, his podcast now is just an hour long of him talking about what he doesn't like about AEW, which I, I believe is everything. Uh, which is baffling because, you know, some of the... It, it's 80s, that the, the lashing. I know, but you've got to live the gimmick, man. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Meltzer replied, uh, sort of in reference to this silliness, this phony silliness, you mean like a manager with a tennis racket and a tag team that crawls on its hands and knees to the manager to hug in the middle of a fight? How come that doesn't happen <laughs> in boxing and MMA? Of course, referring to Jim Cornette's old... It's at the Midnight Express. Yes. yes. And Jim Cornette once famously had a match with a, uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Mm. But wrestling now is silly. Yeah, and he, you know, he was he was booking the Attitude Era. He might he might not have agreed with everything that happened, yeah. but there was a lot of zany S word that happened back then. Uh, but that but Jim Cornette is a fantastic booker. Just go back and watch uh, Smokey Smoky Man in Wrestling. It's he, like yeah. it's fantastic. And that's one of the things in this entire feud, Melter has kept saying Jim Cornette was the best mind in the business. Because during the 90s, during the 80s and 90s, he would say, he's gonna make it, he's not gonna make it. Mm. And every single person he was right on, he knew exactly who was gonna be a star, who didn't have what it took. And he just knew absolutely everything about this business. The problem is, is that mindset stopped at around 2000. And he's just kept that, and he, I, I don't know if he's continuing forward with his mindset. I don't know if you can say that, because OVW was Jim Cornette. A lot of the yeah. time, and you know, he was sort of responsible for the Cena's That's and the Ordens yeah, yeah. and the Batistas, along with a bit of Heyman as well. Um, and maybe he can still spot that talent. He just doesn't have an eye for this new kind of talent. I, it's not to say that there is only one kind of talent. I just believe it's it, it boils down to the fact that he Kenny mm. Omega once wrestled a blow-up doll, so that is it. Like he has just mm. completely written him off. And, and that's it, and like, you know, the hand grenades and the dick flips and things like that. So once he's seen something, it's just like, well, they are donezo, I'm not writing them off. But Kenny Omega has consistently proved him wrong. You know, he has been a top champion ar around the world. He has sold out so many buildings. He's now the vice president of a company that is about to turn over a profit just after a year mm. in, in, mm. you know, in, in its genesis. But Jim Cornette don't, doesn't want to believe that he is wrong on this. And Kenny Omega once wrestled a schoolgirl. He's the worst wrestler in the world. He's what's wrong with this business. Sorry, um, you know, I've got Twitter open. Yeah. And the top trending thing, Philip Schofield has just come out. Has he really? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> well done, Philip Schofield. Oh. I mean, I guess I always knew, yeah. in a way. Huh. Yeah. I never saw it. Huh. Huh. Well, huh. good for him. Yeah. Absolutely well done, good for him. Phil. Well, done, well, what Phil. a lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that surprised me so much. Uh, Jim Cornette replied to Dave Meltzer, of course. I won't go through all the replies. Yeah, it is long. In the interest of fairness, to give a well-rounded story, uh, Cornette said, 
about Dave, more like an asshole who lies because he desperately wants to hang out with the cool kids so people don't say he's out of touch and sacrifices all his credibility to say Harpo Marx is Frank Gotch. You know he sucks, Dave, and I guess you do too. F you, lose my number. Yeah. I find this quite sad because just last year, Cornette and Meltzer were having quite good podcast conversations about this this sort of debate about what wrestling is, is an art form. They were the fascinating to listen to from both perspectives. Yeah. It was just fascinating to listen to. And Cornette's mind for the business and his knowledge. Like, I could just listen to the guy talk for hours about the history of wrestling. And He's so smart. And a lot of his complaints about AEW aren't wrong. Yeah. He's not yeah. wrong with a lot of his thoughts on things. Definitely. And, but he's, he's just quite rigid and the way he delivers stuff isn't the best. And a Meltzer, as, as well, you know, like we, we adore Meltzer. Um, of course, you can say what you want about that. I think we're objective when we, we at least try to be objective. The, co the comments will tell us. Yeah, yeah, we? yeah. But, I, you know, they seem like they're very well suited to be friends. Yeah. And they have been friends. For decades. So is, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame it's that a this shame. friendship is over. Yeah. You know, but it's just on a rocky patch, hopefully. But you know, Cornette's, you know, he stopped being friends with Brian Zane, blocked mm. him on Twitter and everything. Well, actually, Brian Zane chimed in on this. Good uh, Brian. Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret. He had a, a good tweet to summarize it. He said, Jim Cornette and Dave Meltzer both have a wealth of knowledge about professional wrestling, but in the end, they're just one man with an opinion. The people who blindly follow either of them need to learn how to form their own viewpoint of view for, for this toxic cycle to break. Yeah, one of the things I will say about wrestling Twitter is that the worst thing you can do is open up replies. <laughs> mm. Because if Meltzer has replied to something, or you know his, and or Cornette has, or even Brian Alvarez tweeting out the results, the replies are just gross. And it's this toxic fandom that is just so unnecessary. And it is this sort of like, the Meltzer has got his like hardcore diehard followers that will just follow every single thing he says for tea, and anyone else who says it, who says against it is wrong. And Cornette's got the exact same thing. So these people then just just shout at each other, mm. and it's just so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. What's your story? Well, my story is that so a little while ago, um, Rusev returned to WWE in a storyline that was reported to turn him into a star. He yes. was going to get a big push coming out the back of this storyline. That storyline was that his wife had left him for another man and they got married, but he was going to get his revenge and it was going to be this big thing and he was going to look like a super baby face coming out of it. The way the storyline has played out is that Rusev has lost everything and now it has just become a, a feud between Lana and Liv Morgan, which is now uh, Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot. And I don't know if the Lana thing is still going on. And Rusev hasn't been seen on TV for weeks. He, hasn't, he wasn't in the Royal Rumble. He hasn't been seen since they lost that mixed tag match. Which was the go-home show for the Rumble. Exactly. And in a new report uh, from Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio is that WWE creative have nothing for him. So this whole storyline that was supposed to turn him into a star apparently is over and that's it now. Mm. Yeah, so something was dropped. Yeah, that storyline, yeah. Uh, I, it was weird that they weren't in the Rumble because it, it, they were announced up until right before the match where the commentary team just said, Rusev and Lashley brawled in the parking lot earlier and they've been removed. They didn't even show a brawl. They didn't even film something, <coughs> but yeah, very I would imagine. Which, um, oh, it's not like WWE to advertise someone to then not be in the match. So this could go two ways. He's either not re-signed because his contract has reportedly, well, it was, it was expiring 
late October, I think, was yeah. the reports. His wife, Lana, has re-signed with the company, and there were question marks over whether Rusev would do the same. So he's either re-signed, and they've taken him off TV to give him something better to bring him back for, maybe after Mania, or they're just like, oh, you've re-signed, jog on. We don't yeah. need you anymore. Yeah, you're not re-signing. Was just going to take you off TV. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's something's definitely changed though because he was apparently planned for big stuff. Vince was really high on it, and it's evaporated. Yeah, and it's just sort of gone into nothing really. And we've sort of been sitting there just sort of waiting for the storyline to have this conclusion. And uh, Lana did attack Liv after the match, um, but Liv's beaten her, you know, in under a minute, two weeks straight. Where can the feud possibly go from here? Yeah. Nowhere, it would seem. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So if you want to send a question to Mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome Pledgehammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and just leave your comments in the community tab labelled Mailbag. Don't email it to me, I will just lose it. This first one comes in from Lorenzo Haynes, who says, In my opinion, the Royal Rumble is not necessarily meant to build new stars. Mm. It's not meant to just put a random person here and say, hey, let's give them a big Mania match. It's to set up something big for what will be the biggest show of the year. Charlotte is greatness, whether she wins all the time or is overexposed. She is great. 
WrestleManias and deserves a Royal Rumble win. Her in a big match at WrestleMania is always going to be a great thing. Same with Becky and Seth last year. They didn't need Rumble wins based on the build New Stars logic. I don't get why people dislike Charlotte winning so much. My question is, if it wasn't a surprise or an NXT person, what announced name would you have had win the Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble? Mm. Which is difficult because there were only five people announced for it. So you've, only <laughs> gone, you've only got a choice of five there. Um, the, yeah, you're right though. The Royal Rumble has traditionally been used to not create a new star, but start the big st- or like have a chapter in the story for the big match at Mania. Well, they did a couple of years ago when they had <coughs> Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura win. But then they just crapped the bed when they got to Mania and were just like, mm. neither of them are winning and we're just going to stop both of that. Yeah, so Asuka and Nakamura and Alberto Del Rio and Drew McIntyre this year, those are the only like actual... We are now putting some stock into this new person and yeah. we're going to push them to the top. Everything else has always been one of the top guys or girls anyway. Yeah. Uh, you, you, so Charlotte, yeah, and actually if the direction is for her to challenge for the NXT title, which I think is, that's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and it was a good match. In, in the moment, I didn't enjoy it just because it's such a ridiculous spot where Charlotte's holding on to the thing. Yeah. I, I, thought it, I, I didn't believe it in the slightest. And I think it's, I just don't have any sort of love for Charlotte at the moment. As great as she is, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel mm. about her character and that just makes her an unlikable presence on TV for me. Um, Drew says, hey lads, I'm just done listening to your AEW podcast and I've got to say, I don't like the way uh, they're doing the women's division and I think Riho was the wrong person to make the first champion. Hashtag should have been Nyla. So my question is, how do AEW make the women's division better and stronger? Also, who should be the next champion? Sincerely, Drew, having a big one with the boys. Have a big one. Well, we, started, we had this question on the, uh, the AEW stream this week, which was just, it's very simple. Like, you've got, you're doing so well with the men's division currently and the tag team division. Just do what you're doing there and do it with the women. Mm. Like, it's, it's really not that hard. Yeah, just give them characters, give them storylines. As far as the next champion, I mean, Statlander's disappeared yeah. after being built up so well. And this is the Probably thing got with the bookings, though. <laughs> well, I did, like, you see Baker's tweet about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was really good. And I think that they are doing some stuff like uh, Britt Baker's getting a good character in mm-hmm. there now. But they did have a period where they were just like, here's a new character, here's a new character, here's a new character. They're on TV for three weeks, and then we haven't seen them again. Like, Shanna's not been on TV. Big Swall's barely been featured. Statlander had a, like a three... She's been ha- she had a hashtag three-week push. You know, actually, I've decided. Sheeda. I love Sheeda. I think she has everything. Yep. Uh, I would go for her. Uh, Ryan Sanders says, Hey guys, I had a weird thought a while back. I imagine if one week an episode of Raw ended up being nothing but Dominic Dijakovic sitting in a chair in a dark room, staring at the <laughs> camera and breathing for three hours. I don't know why my mind went to this, but it did. The best part was managing the reactions and reviews <laughs> online after the episode. My question is, if you had to book the stupidest, most ridiculous episode of Raw that is at least semi-realistic to achieve, what oh. would you do? It's uh, easy. It was the wedding that they did. Like, that was the most ridiculous, stupid, but semi-realistic. Yeah, yeah, that was peak. Yeah. WWE. Uh, well, uh, yeah, th- you kind of set the bar too high for me <laughs> with that chair breathing thing. Uh, I don't know, a whole episode of 24-7 title changes. Yeah. That'd be quite fun, though. 
Uh, I got dibs. Uh, you might remember last week they sent an email that we had to really heavily edit uh, about mm. uh, women's pubic hair. He's trying to make this a PG version. <coughs> oh God. So we'll, um, it's basically an incident at a summer camp as an early teacher, teenager scarred me for life. It wasn't until many years later I realized this was the reason why uh, the sight of uh, female pubes turns my stomach. Fortunately, my wife, 28 years, has been very accommodating <laughs> in regards to my phobia. Peace out. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Thanks for clearing that up. Thank kind you. Of. <laughs> Ket, uh, what's up, Wrestle Talk? Big Show has had so many face heel turns to the point where the number scale is off the charts. To me, Big Show as a face is more enjoyable because of the matches he can put on and the humour he does. Do you like him as a face or a heel? I've got to say, Monster Heel is always the Big Show I think of, but I, I've got a lot of time for crime Big Show wrestling when he's on my rings. Punching out Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do it, Dream. <laughs> Um, I actually like Big Show, the, the short run that he had with um, Heyman as manager when Heyman turned on mm -hmm. Lesnar. Only because like Big Show was resting in that sort of like singlet and jeans. And it was just like, it's the best gear that he's ever had. Mm. Um, Robert Warren, uh, Wariner maybe? Wariner. Um, yeah, Wariner. Am I the only one that thought Andy Datsun looked like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars uh, in the chair during the Royal Rumble livestream? Yeah, a few people said that during mm. the livestream. Um, or that he looked like um, Holly from Red Dwarf. Um, Damon Sidney. Hi guys, just wanted to follow up on my message you had the other day about wrestling shows in Norfolk. I've lived in Norfolk all my life. And from That's what- unfortunate. <laughs> Apologies for the webbed feet. Um, uh, and for what I can tell, the biggest promotion around here mm. is Page's family promotion in Norwich, WAW. They sometimes put on fairly big shows, um, normally called epic shows. They tend to get quite a lot of WWE alumni as well. Uh, they've had Mick Foley, Rey Mysterio, Scott Hall, Alberto Dario, though I doubt we'll ever see him again, Mickey James, Kalito, etc., and others such as Nick Aldis. With good price meet and greets, the shows they put on are lots of fun. There you go. So whoever was emailing and asking for yeah. recommendations, I think it was for the person and their kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So check out WAW. Jonathan Hedman, uh, if original plans were for Orton and AJ at Mania, who do you think Edge would have been paired with? Uh, for Orton and AJ at Mania, who do you think pair Edge would have been paired mm. with? Yeah. Sad that AJ got hurt, but Orton versus Edge has more drama appeal. It's a good point. I forgot they yeah. were doing the whole Orton AJ build that has that just got dropped. I guess when. But they knew Edge was coming back. Yeah, that is good. They knew the reports were everyone found out Edge was coming back like in October. Yeah, but they were very much <laughs> building Randy and AJ. When someone said like, because huh. I remember someone saying like, oh, I don't think Randy turned heel. He always was a heel. And I was like, did you see the build to Randy yeah. AJ? He was 100% the babyface. Well, I, I think what they would have done is actually reunited Rated RKO and have them go against the club yeah. for a couple of weeks, and then Randy turns on Edge. Uh, but I thought the way it worked out was spectacular. It's a shame AJ got hurt. But if, if it was AJ Orton, which probably wasn't the plan, actually, that was just a red herring, who would Edge, who would you have liked Edge to face? Ooh. Baron Corbin? Seth. Yeah. Roman on SmackDown. Yeah. Battle of Spears. Um, I just want to give a shout out because they, they let us know um, because their financial situation has changed they can no longer be a player chamber. So one more time, ask his future husband and EOF one man wrecking crew skin trade. We're going to miss your skin <laughs> trade. You've, you've given us a lot of confusion <laughs> over the years with your name. Uh, that guy who wants to support. After the Smackdown podcast, all I want is for Luke and Pete to do a podcast reviewing the brilliance that is BoJack Horseman. I'm going to assume he means you and Pete. Yeah, well, I haven't watched it. Well, neither have I. But it was me and Pete talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, please watch this show if you haven't. It's so, so, so good. So you've not seen it either? No, no, no. It's, well, I've seen the first series, but apparently it gets exponentially better. But yeah. it's on the list. Yeah, I had a few people message me because I had a, an emotional rollercoaster weekend because mm. I watched the finale of The Good Place and all of Sex Education Season 2. And I was like, 
You've got to check out BoJack Horseman, which I've never watched, but I'll, I'll certainly give it a go. Jump on Picard, mate. I don't think, uh, well, my wife, I don't think my wife, actually, no, she probably would get on with Picard. She definitely wouldn't get on with BoJack, mm. though. Cartoons, isn't it, mate? Uh, Matt Field. Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Andy, and Pete. Towards the end of 2019, Cody Cup was likely the best babyface promo of the last 20 years, and it got me thinking, in a reverse of that, what would be your best ever heel promo? Oh, the one he points to is uh, Shawn yes. Michaels' heel promo in 2005 in Montreal. Where he got Brett to come out, but it wasn't yeah. Brett. Oh, God, that was brilliant. Yeah. Bringing up Survivor Series '97 and all that sort of stuff. Um, what the, weirdly, the one in my head is always Hollywood Rock. Uh, again, in Canada, uh, because he, he he does like a rhyming couplet promo, yeah, and it ends with "cause the maple leaves suck" or something, <laughs> and the heat was nuclear, and Rock just milked it. I am um, the one that's instantly <coughs> come to mind was was it uh, Kevin Owens and Elias? When they got that in, in Seattle, yeah, and they got that incredible amount of heat that they had to like almost elongate the segment mm. and the sort of like pan up and lift the lights up so you could hear this crowd reaction. That was awesome. uh, also, Roman Reigns after the Undertaker match—does yeah. that count? Uh, Flaming Glide, if you had to decide who in the WrestleTalk office was social media programs, who would they be? <laughs> uh, I would. Andy would be. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, I'd be YouTube. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Who would um, you be? Um, well, you could also be LinkedIn because you're so business, 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 business. Maybe I would just be LinkedIn then. Yeah. I feel your Instagram. Yeah? Yeah, because you just did so much streaming. <laughs> I'm not saying you did it right. I'm just saying when I think of our... No, I'm going to say I'm Twitter because I'm full of terrible opinions. Good, good. Yeah. Um, I think that Pete is probably TikTok because he's a little child. Uh, Andy's then Snapchat because he's also young. And yeah. Um, and it's not popular. Yeah. God. Um, oh, what would... Uh, what would Blompier be? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what, Laurie it would be? probably be YouTube. Yeah. Laurie's too cool. Laurie's on one you haven't heard of yet. <laughs> you have to be invited on to test the beta version. Uh, Chris said, hi lads. My question is, do you think Otis could become this generation's mankind? And so <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah, you can carry on. Okay, uh, and start working with WWE's biggest star and winning world championships. In my opinion, seems no matter what he's involved with, he'll get it over and he's the best thing in it. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I, I love Otis, um, but it's important not to confuse a very charismatic comedy wrestler at the moment who has the potential to be a very solid upper mid-carder as a singles guy eventually with one of the most talented all-round wrestlers to ever have existed. Yeah, this would have been like saying in 2000, do you think that Scotty Too Hottie could be yeah, uh, yeah. mankind? Um, <laughs> Austin Tussie, if you guys could see any wrestler have a match with another wrestler's gimmick, what Ooh. would you choose? Personally, I'd love to see Brock Lesnar work a match as Orange Cassidy. Well, that's how he treats his uh, performance schedule. <laughs> Although he has been on every Raw this year. Yeah. We know, we know. Um, oh, I don't know. what. That would be such a fun episode if they did that. That's what they should do on the network. I'm going to say Becky Lynch doing Joey Ryan's gimmick. <laughs> doing dick flips and all. Because I think yeah, she's, she's the man. Because she's yeah, got like the good. big swagger about her as well. I think that she would just, I think she'd have a ball doing the Joey Ryan gimmick. I'd like to see Kevin Owens do The Rock. <laughs> I don't know why. I've said to a lot of rock things today. Uh, Abraham, hey Luke, and insert name of other funny WrestleTalk hosts. <laughs> I'm considering upgrading to a $10 pledge hammer. I'm currently a $5 one. Um, I was thinking about this, and there's one thing that would push me over. If you, guys are, if you guys are still reading Big Apple Takedown on the After Dark podcast, once you're done, 
What do you guys think about reading Brian Alvarez's new book, 100 Things a Wrestling Fan Should Know or Know About? You, uh, you could read it and then tell a story about whether or not you knew it or have done it. I'm relatively new wrestling fans, started in 2016, so it'd be pretty interesting for me to go through that book. Then again, having known wrestling for four <laughs> years, you're never going to finish Big Apple Takedown. We do have, I think we said it's probably the rest of this year yeah, we're reading that bloody book. A chapter at a time. The, I, it's I, so bad. I like the idea of it, but I, I don't want to read any more books on the podcast. We'll find a new segment to replace it with. Yeah. It's such a down. It is. We've, but we've committed to it. We will we will see it to the end. It is going to be this ridiculous three-year project that no one asked for and we thought was funny. And now here we are towards the end of those three years being like, I hate it so much. Um, will hate. Uh, hey, guys, let's assume Brock loses to Drew and leaves after Mania. Who do you think would be a good fit for Heyman to be an advocate for? I was thinking Lashley, mainly so Bobby mercifully wouldn't have to talk anymore. But then I started getting December to dismember flashbacks. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Lashley's actually quite a good promo when he's given the right stuff. Just look at Impact before he came to WWE. I would, I, I would like Heyman to just go backstage. Uh, you know what? I would like Heyman to be on commentary. Yeah. Rather yeah. than manage anyone else. I, 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 yeah, I, I think yeah, if you took him away for a year, like I think that would make the fans really miss him. So then when he did come back, like I wouldn't just move him across to another person. Mm. Like just you know, keep him in that backstage role that he's currently doing. And then when the time is right, you bring him back and then you get that big like, oh my God, Paul Heyman's returns. Although the correct answer is Cesaro. Yeah, another one. Worked well, out really well. First time round, yeah. Uh, Flev Dorian, hello Rest Talk crew. Now that the holiday and rumble seasons are over, when are you guys gonna start posting new content on Screen Stalker? Uh, the Oscars are this Sunday and movie blockbuster season starts next month with Mulan, No Time to Die, etc. I'm gonna correct you there, Flev. Sonic the Hedgehog is out next week. <laughs> it's already started, mate. The biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear you guys review some of these films, and I also want to hear Ollie's <coughs> rant about the Oscars snubbing <laughs> cats for best picture. Thank you, I hope you have a nice day. Thanks, Flev, uh, for the Screen Stalker love. Um, we can't really announce anything just yet, but don't worry, there are plans afoot. Hopefully in the next week to two weeks, yes. all will become clear. Mm-hmm. Mm. Jobber JJ, hello Swap Nation and Talk, lovely hardworking crew. Been thinking about this for a little while now. I like to watch Nitro uh, during the dying days. Granted, it's an embarrassment of pro wrestling and TV, but some of the stuff just makes me laugh because it's insane, especially the people in charge of making matches. My question is, do you like to just watch Nitro in 2000? What shows make you laugh uh, or rage? Have a super, super, super day. No, I don't. My, my go-to happy place is uh, ECW Hardcore TV between 97 and 98. That's it. That's what I'll watch. I think I, I would only watch, if there was an episode I would pick, it was when they had the count out in a uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, but really, I would just watch Brian Alvarez and Vinny yes. reviewing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about what happened on the moon. <laughs> uh, Chris Gardner. Hi all, this might be discussed on the NXT review, so if it is, then obviously you can skip this if you like. How would you like to see Killer Cross debut in NXT? I think there could be value in him being brought mm. into the undisputed era as a heavy in Adam Cole's plan to right the ship after Roddy lost the title. Or would you prefer to see him and Scarlett Bordeaux brought in um, as a team? Thanks, guys. Definitely not the Undisputed Era one. No, I don't, I'm not keen on that. The idea there is they're all Ring of Honor guys, without saying they're Ring of Honor guys. Yeah. And they've all got that connection mm. already. And they're all at like a certain height. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. And Cross would be a bit taller. Uh, but I don't really want to see him with Bordeaux either. The report, I don't know. the report was he was going to go straight to the main <coughs> roster. Yeah. Um, actually, Stephen Larson on their most recent podcast had a really interesting discussion about that, about like... Would you know because he signed this deal with them? He picked them over you know all the other competition that were after him. 
and there was those reports he was going to go straight to the main roster, do you think that he, they might have said, we're going to put you on the main roster and here's a really big deal, here's the big plan we've got for you. But if that's the case, is that a two to three week plan and then Vince gets bored and yeah. then you're just stuck on the main roster floundering in the mid card? It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Laurie's got a really good idea, but we'll save that for the NXT TakeOver predictions next week. Ooh. He wants to hear. Uh, Tom Delves, hey lads, hope you're all well. How would you feel about Keith Lee dropping the North American Championship to Dijakovic, then being announced oh. as the final entrant in the Elimination Chamber? He could oh. have a star-making performance that Kofi had last year and immediately be a, a megastar on the main roster. I hate the first part because he's only just won it. I love the second part. Yeah. Because that it's like these big stipulation things, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber. Keith Lee just appears. Yeah. I actually, I wouldn't mind him dropping the title if it meant that he could go into the elimination. Yeah, and just yeah, go, go to that because you need to capitalize on that. The greater the, good, the greater good that you had from the rumble. Mm. Like, don't don't do what you did for Survivor Series and just let him go ice cold. You need to capitalize on that now. Um, Josh, I'm going to struggle to say your name here. Razukas, Razukas, Razukas. Uh, hey guys, former Razman Reality oh, here, going hi. by my real name now. So I'm back. Sadly, I had to move down to $5, but hopefully I'll be able to stay. Now, uh, not a question, but instead I would just like to remind fans that wrestlers are people too. It's okay to not like a character or push, but I've seen a lot of people body shaming Becky and Bailey and other things that are just too far. They sacrifice so much for our entertainment and don't deserve to be treated that way. Becky liked a tweet from me this week and everyone <laughs> knows that she's my favorite and it made me so happy and excited. We're all fans to feel that connection. So if you don't, uh, so if you don't with someone, please just be the better person and don't interact with them. Take care, boys. Well said. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Benjamin, uh, hello, Russ Talk lads and lady. I uh, just wanted to thank you for, for talking about Scott Pilgrim at the end <laughs> of the Raw review. Made my forking day. I've just gotten off work where a co-worker was talking about watching the film and I marked out like a little Marky Mark. I've even got a tattoo of the comic oh, version cool. of Scott Pilgrim on my left arm, which I will email to you when I get the yeah, chance. Yeah. Been a pledge hammer now for three months since Luke retweeted my 2K20 gameplay. I knew those tactics would work. <laughs> um, and I've been a pod swatter for about two to three years. I love you all so much. Aww. Even Datsun somewhat, kidding of course, he's the worst. I hope you guys have a marvellous day and I agree that Star Wars Fallen Order is a broadly fine game. I've got your back Luke. Lots of love from Gettysburg, <laughs> Pennsylvania not even close to where Daniel Bryan is from. I'm sure he's from around there. Yeah. The, that, what a heel turn at the end of that. I was loving you. <laughs> <laughs> Until he said Until he agreed with me that Star Wars yeah, yeah. is fine. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, bearing in mind I've literally played the, the what training bit um, and I just thought the combat was a bit naff. Anyway, Frank Botella, hello, Russell Talk. If you started brewing your own alcohol, wine, beer, whiskey, what would it be? And what would you call it? Love from Latino Heat City, El Paso. What, so this would be a Wrestle Talk beer? Oh, I mean, I thought it might have been individually, but yeah, if we did like a Wrestle Talk beer. Mm. But we'll get, this is where we're going to come to blows because you're a porter man yeah. and I'm an IPA man. I can't drink anything that's not a porter yeah. because I get very unwell and I, hiccupy. I, the amount of people I've told that you did the Golden Mile only drinking Guinness who are astounded by this because it's like it's such a heavy drink to drink 12 pints of that in a short space of time. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, and it's the easiest I've ever completed it, which it was because I wasn't like, yeah. Like goyoin. I call it coyoin. <laughs> it's the it's the sound it makes. I've <laughs> <laughs> never said that out loud <laughs> on this show. But uh but yeah, but the the fact of the matter was I did vomit over myself on the tube home and then I collapsed into my flat, vomiting still, and my lady partner had to dive underneath me to save our new carpet. <laughs> 
and she showered me. So <laughs> maybe it didn't go. I only remember when I completed. Yeah. I was passed out for the for the rest of the stuff. I don't know how I got home. <laughs> very, don't do that, folks. Yeah, don't do the golden mile. It's, there's a reason why I've not done it for like four, five years now. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, started, I've retired from doing that. I'm going to say tea. Oh, we're going to make our own tea. We're going to make our own infusion of tea. I was going to say, it's going to be an Earl Grey. Oh, but we're going to clash on this as well, man. I was about to say we could do wine, but we clash on wine taste. And I like I'm, nice wine. And I like cheap wine. <laughs> and <laughs> and also we differ on tea because I'm a Yorkshire tea man. Yeah. I don't really like, I mean, Earl Grey's lovely and all, but I just want proper brew. We'll have to get back to you on that, Frank. So, yeah. Um, what are you doing this weekend? Well, you know, we've already had this conversation. Here's the Cliff Notes version, guys. I'm starting up my couple fitness journey uh, tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So me and my lady partner are going to go to the gym and we're going to be told the workout we do together. Then we're going to go to the, the, the big shopping center, which is very busy. We've already made these jokes and observations. Can I do mine again? Go on then. Yeah, it's full of pricks. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we're all the same age. You said they were younger, I said they were older, and also the same age. It's good, oh, good banter. And then I'm going to buy myself a pair of posh tracksuit bottoms. Which I still am unclear on. So it's, it's, you've yeah. shown me pictures, but they just look like jogging bottoms. But these now cost eighty-eight pounds. I'm not going to buy the eighty-eight pounds one. Good, like eighty. But I know eighty-five max. My my problem is though, someone has bought it for eighty-eight pounds. <laughs> Otherwise, this shop wouldn't be selling them at eighty-eight quid. It is a shame that it's lost forever. Your reaction to seeing a pair of tracksuit bottoms for eighty-eight pounds. Eighty-eight pounds for a pair of jogging bottoms. If Luke had a lid. He would have flipped it. <laughs> it That's what just, happened. It was just insane. Like, it is insane that a pair of, like, so the, the fashion industry has somehow managed to remarket jogging bottoms. Like, how has this even happened? That they've just looked at it and be like, huh, well, people have bought jeans. What can we, what can we rip people off with this time? Ah, have we thought about rebadging jogging bottoms into being, they're now for posh people and will charge 88 quid for them. And idiots have fallen for it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like how Burberry was a symbol of the upper class and well-to-do folk, which was ad adopted by chavs, uh, the sort of working class in Britain in the early noughties. Now it's gone the other way. Yeah, we've taken what uh, traditionally chavs wear in <coughs> jogging bottoms, or you wear on live streams, mm -hmm. and we're now saying like, oh, but it's got a zip on the back that you can put a single card in. So I would argue it is, you are really basing off that one picture. And I'm wound, <coughs> but that was the 88 quid one. So really like yeah, that's yeah. the top end that we're looking at here. I don't know if that's the most expensive one you can get. That is. I lie. bet that is a, that has to be a lie. So that there's been a trend over the last five years of athleisure. Have you not been keeping up with the gram? Absolutely bloody not. So it is because being fit and going to the gym and steroids is such a big part of feminine and male beauty these days that gym wear, active wear, has kind of gone into everyday wear. That's why a lot of women folk just wear gym leggings. And I have absolutely no issue with that. Um, I take issue with it when it then costs £45, when previously it had <coughs> cost you £5. 
Yeah. Do you see where my issue comes in here? Like, because jogging bottoms were just, this is cheap wear that you buy, it's five quid. But now because of Instagram or whatever, some fashion outlets think like, oh, we can now charge 88 quid for this, even though it's cost exactly the same as it did to make it for five pounds. Uh, well, so on jogging bottoms were never inherently cheap. You could just get cheap ones. Yes. You but can like, get but Calvin Klein jogging bottoms and they'll be better made, longer lasting, mm. for 50 quid before the last five years. Blurp. Gross. That's, but that's insane because you can just get them for a fiver. But they won't they, be as comfy. But they, but they will be because it's the same <laughs> material. It's the same thing. No, they're not. Like, this what, they're, they're five pounds what's not made of cardboard. It's still made of no, cotton. They'll, be, they'll probably be very synthetic. There'll be uh, a few bits of polynylon or whatever they put in the mass manufactured ones. And then as you get higher oh, sorry, up the price Are you telling chain? me that Calvin Klein aren't mass produced, that they are hand woven by Calvin Klein himself? Yeah. That's why they're so expensive. It's mate. all the same thing, mate. It's all the same thing. You uh, sheep will need to wake up. Just 1% of Red a synthetic fabric in the denim gene will completely change the whole gene. It will feel so stretchy. It's crazy. Um, anyway. And I bet you it costs 10p. If we, if we take the price thing out of this conversation, the more interesting thing to me... <laughs> Because what you're talking about has been in existence forever is that now it's okay for men to wear jogging bottoms to work, <laughs> right? Which I... At least in uh, East London. Do you know what? I was about to say I disagree with, but that's unfair because you should just be able to wear whatever you want. So I don't, but I don't really buy into the you have to dress smart if you're going to work. No. I've, I've never bought into that argument. You don't have to buy into it, but you can't deny there is a social sort of playbook that everyone works off of. Yes, but I think that playbook is outdated. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's and what and this, this is a mark that's of what, it progressing. I, I know, that's, what, that's why I said I would have said that, but I actually right. disagree with that statement. You I think to disagree with yourself as you were saying the thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I just think, yeah, you should be able to wear jogging bottoms. If that's what you're comfy in, just, I just think that the, the fashion trends then um, exploiting that fact to up the price by 50%, in some cases 500%, is outrageous mm. and it just it's it's for suckers it's a suckers game and i'm just saying if you're gonna wear jogging bottoms traditionally an inside the house comfy item of clothing outside you want nicer jogging bottoms that's what i'm gonna buy at the shopping center the same jogging bottoms they're not the same they jogging are bottoms. the same jogging bottoms mate. all right all right they're free badged at you fool uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this pair of jogging bottoms on uh -huh. saturday okay and then i'm gonna come in on monday <laughs> with them on them. i'm gonna come in them hard <laughs> and i'm gonna bring my normal uniqlo 15 quid ones that i wear at home yeah and you will look at them and go Oh yeah, it is kind of the difference between the Primark jeans and the nice swanky chinos there from is, wherever. Yeah, but no, but that's different. That, those are different trousers. You can't go compare oh a car and a motorbike. Oh, it's like I'm hitting my head up against the wall. You just did that. You said you're comparing you chinos to jeans. Okay, and you're it was not. a bad example. It was a bad example. But uh, what you're comparing there is like for like. You're comparing jogging bottoms to jogging bottoms. Anyway, anyway. 
I think if I get these jogging bottoms, I'll work out more because <laughs> I can just go to the gym from the office without having to change my trousers Which and take off raises my shoes. a whole different <laughs> set of issues because now you're coming back into work with sweaty ass crack jogging bottoms in our office. On the bus! <laughs> I'm doing what I want. You're stinking out the office, man, with your sweaty ball sack. So, so folks. <laughs> This is the second time we've had this conversation. Although that Jaguars one was way more intense this time. <laughs> it's, and it's got a more, it's got a more argumentative. <laughs> We're going to the pub later. Yeah, oh God. Well, you know what? Let's put it to the, the pub floor. It's Blompier's welcome drinks. That's what we're doing. And <laughs> That's a real window yeah, yeah, yeah. into what this podcast is And to is say, like. hey, Adam, welcome to the team. Great first week. It's all gone really well. Apart from the cup of tea. What do you think about the jogging bottom <laughs> debate? And it's gonna, well, I thought we are going to play board games. Jogging bottom debate. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> because I know at least Simon Longdon's going to be on my side. Because he's... He's worn these in. And he is a stylish fellow. He's a very stylish fellow. He somehow managed to wear a bright orange beanie and it just looks like it's meant to be mm. there. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. Uh, so on, the, thought... on the subject of Blanquet, sorry, I did yeah. listen to your podcast with him and I thought it was excellent. I genuinely thought it was absolutely brilliant. Oh, I thought you, you two much. had fantastic chemistry together and I thought it was an excellent listen. Oh, cheers, man. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, should we, before we wrap up, should we do that other thing, that other organic, spontaneous thing we came up with? Now we're going to have to awkwardly retread it. Over to you, Luke. What are you doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, this spun off from you starting um, your Sunday club with your friends where you're going to just every yes. Sunday go out for roast dinner, which I think is a, a wonderful thing to mm. do. Uh, and I was talking about how last weekend I was in Hastings and one of my favorite things to do on a weekend is go out for breakfast. Breakfast is the best meal of the day. Totally. Because you get a full English breakfast. And we had this fantastic English breakfast, the most amazing scrambled tofu I've ever eaten in my life. Just incredible. These, the sausage patties were so tasty, so, so good. And oh, just so flavorsome and the beans were spiced and it was just, oh, I, I haven't stopped thinking about it all week. I can see you salivating. I actually am salivating a little bit. And I really enjoyed my pasta dish I had for lunch um, since the two hours since we last recorded this conversation. And just double checking it's recording this time. It is recording. Excellent. I am always watching <laughs> it. <laughs> and so I, um, I got into this sort of like fantasy world in my head that if I didn't have this job, which is the greatest job in the world, thank you very much, I would open up a cafe in Hastings. I would call it Cafe 90s. And because the people in this, you know, the cafe that we went to, it's only got three tables and it's just, you know, this tiny little kitchenette area. It's at the back of a shop. And they're not trained professionals. They're just people who are very good at cooking. I'm pretty good at cooking. And I, in my head, I, you know, I could definitely manage the day-to-day -day managing of a cafe. And I'd have people come in. I'd have games set up for people to play. I'd have TVs playing Saturday morning cartoons, specifically from the 90s, because it's cafe 90s. And I just sort of fancy booked this whole thing in my head. And I think it would be brilliant. I think people would love it. And I think I would have a great clientele. Yeah, I think it's a lovely idea. Uh, so this, this sort of prompted the idea of fantasy booking your salt of the earth dream life. So you can't say, I'm going to be a Hollywood actor. I'm going to be Beyonce. You can't be a professional wrestler. You can't be like something huge and big. It's got to be like, like that would be yours for me. I'm fascinated by cranes and diggers. Which is interesting because the last time we had this conversation, your phone rang and you had to leave. So you didn't actually get to finish uh, this story. Yeah. I just, that's just it. If, if I see a, someone operating a little digger, I'm like, 
I just just zone out in a meditative <laughs> state. My mind clears, empties. I'm like, yeah. That looks so satisfying. It looks so much fun. So I might I might just be a, a man with a digger. Yeah. Yeah. Going out and getting cups of tea with Tony. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. In little styrofoam cups. Develop some form of high blood pressure off of all the bacon sarnies in the morning. <laughs> sure. But yeah, email in with what you guys would have your fantasy. What the fantasy is too strong. Yeah, it is because it's like... I mean, so uh, John Robbins on Five Live would call it a mind palace, mm. where you just sort of like, you just, when you're drifting off to sleep, you just sort of go into this little fantasy world that you've created. So his is just like, you know, it's the apocalypse, uh, but I'm safe. Um, and I've got sort of free run in the country. What am I going to do? What's my day-to-day -day routine? Um, so, and they've had a lot of people email in about that as well, actually, to kind of like cribbing off someone else's. Uh, no, that's, that's different. That's, this is, yeah. this is your, your, your realistic it's aspirations. Your realistic dream job. Mm. So, yeah, like as you, realistic dream job. That's what it is. It's a real dream job. Yeah. Fantasy dream. Fantasy real job. Fant <laughs> that's it. Fantasy. Book it. Book it, folks. So, yeah, so email us in uh, <laughs> and let us know in, a, in the real world, but it's sort of your own little fantasy. What job have you got? What yeah. job would you like to do? Open up a shop? Be a digger? What are you going to do? So email in, lukearussetalk.com. Anyway, should we get out of here? Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this um, second time recording. I'm hoping it was good content. I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping it's recorded. <laughs> Uh, we will see you next week. We've got the Raw episode coming out. We've got AEW NXT SmackDown reviews tomorrow. And it's Portland's next weekend. Ooh. Which means it's time for predictions. But not a predictions episode. There'll be predictions in the outro of one of the podcasts. Well, the NXT one, surely. Yeah, but we could, also, we could also do it on the AEW review, I suppose. Mebs, Mebs, Or do it on the Raw review. Either way, thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I, I don't love watch that Mark show. <laughs> Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.